Thank you, Aaron. That was beautiful. Good morning, everybody. We are here in week two of our fall program in which we are studying what God said. And as you may have discerned, it's a pretty big book. There's 25 core teachings that Neil Donald Walsh tells us God gave us through his conversations with God. And as the team came together, we realized that it would be pretty tough to commit to a discussion on the entire book. So we chose seven topics that we thought best supported us in our overarching theme for this year, which you will see on the banners behind me. It is the courage to imagine. So I love that Aaron just sang that song about pure imagination. So what do we have the courage to imagine from that place of pure imagination? And last week, we talked about the idea as we do every time, it seems like we begin a series, we begin always in this one foundation and with the idea that we are one, right? We are one. We are one. This is the good news. This is the hope of our salvation, and it is also our biggest challenge, isn't it? That idea that we are one is where it all begins. So then, as the fall program team was deciding, well, where shall we go from there? We decided that from that place of oneness, there are things that we need to be aware of and look at that stop us from fully being in that place of the courage to imagine. What are, what are the things that get in the way? And so this week and next week, we'll be talking about those ideas. And then from there, we go to the place of, okay, and what supports us? in having the courage to imagine and realizing the dreams of our imagination. We'll talk about that for a couple of weeks. And then we'll end with where do we go from here? Because as you know, it's not enough to keep it in your imagination. We need to bring it out into expression. And so that's how we will, we will end this seven-week series. So today we are taking a look at what gets in the way of our imagination. And we're working from the 13th chapter in Neil's book with the core message number 18, and this is what he says. The human race lives within a precise set of illusions. The ten illusions of humans are needs exist, failure exists, disunity exists, insufficiency exists, requirements exist, judgment exists, Condemnation exists. Conditionality exists. Superiority exists. And ignorance exists. Anybody see those ten illusions in your world? These illusions, Neil goes on to tell us, or God went on to tell Neil, are meant to serve humanity. But it must learn how to use them. How do we look at these illusions of, of need? That, that there is not enoughness, that there is scarcity, that there's not enough to go around. How do we meet this illusion from a place of truth rather than fear? How do we meet the illusion of failure? Where I'm seeing things one way and that's not the way it turned out. So how do I meet this illusion of failure recognizing that I need to learn how to use this illusion? How do I meet the illusion of disunity, of separation, of us versus them? How do I meet 
that illusion of judgment that naturally arises then from that place of us versus them mentality of separation, of lack and limitation. How do I meet the illusion of ignorance? How do we meet this illusion in ways that supports us? So I wanted to... uh, to share with you. It's multi-generational service. I knew all of these beautiful children would be here, and I wanted to support them in also understanding this idea. So I actually have a book that I'd like to read. So if any of the kids are listening and you'd like to come up and join me, I'm going to be reading a book to you. Anybody want to come up and join me up here? Come on up if you do. Come on up if you do. And if you don't, that's okay. How many of you are familiar with the book? From Neil Donald Walsh, Little Soul in the Sun. Raise your hand if you are. Oh, good. we got lots of you that have never heard it before. So we're going to be like the kids. Why don't you sit here? Do you mind sitting on the floor? And I'll sit up on the, on the chair. How's that? I'll do this. There you go. Come on up. Come on up. How many of you have heard the book, The Little Soul in the Sun, before? Any of you ever hear this book before? All right, so this is for the little child in us all, right? Aaron invited us, it is upside down, invited us in the meditation to get in touch with your five-year-old self, right? So we're going to all get in touch with the child within and hear this story of the little soul in the sun. So once upon a time, there was a little soul who said to God, I know who I am. And God said, that's wonderful. What are you? And the little soul shouted, I'm the light. And God said, yes, you are. You are the light. And the little soul was so happy because it had figured out who it was and who all the souls in the kingdom were. Wow, said the little soul, this is really cool. But soon, knowing what it was was not enough. And the little soul felt stirrings inside, and it said to God, I know who I am, but is it okay for me to be who I am? And God said, you mean you want to be who you already are? And the little soul said, well, yeah, it's one thing to know it, but it's a completely other thing to be it, right? And God said, but you already are the light. And the little soul, you said, yes, but I want to know what that feels like. And God said, well, I suppose I should have known you always were an adventurous one. There's only one thing. Well, what, said the little soul? Well, there's nothing else but light. You see, I created nothing but what you are. So there's no easy way to, for you to experience yourself as who you are since that's, there's nothing that you're not. Huh, said the little soul who was now a little bit confused. Think of it this way, said God. You are like a candle in the sun, and you are joining millions and gajillions of other candles in the sun. The sun would not be the sun without you. It would be shining, but it wouldn't have as much light as if you were there shining with it. But yet, how do you know that you're light when that's all that you can see? Well, the little soul perked up. You're God. You'll think of something. Once more, God smiled. I already have. Since you can't see yourself as light, because you are in the light, we'll surround you with darkness. What's darkness? The little soul asked. And God replied, it's that which you are not. 
Will I be afraid of the dark? asked the little soul. Only if you choose to be, God said. Oh, said the little soul, and it felt better already. Then God explained that in order to experience anything, the exact opposite of it will appear. It's a great gift, God said, because without it, you could not know what anything is like. You could not know warm without cold or up without down or fast without slow. And so, God concluded, when you are surrounded with darkness, do not shake your fist and raise your voice and curse the darkness. Rather, be a light in the darkness and don't be mad about it. Then you will know who you really are and all the others will know too. Let your light so shine that everybody knows how special you are. You mean it's okay to let others see that I'm special? Well, of course, God said, everybody is special. But that doesn't mean that some are better than others. It just means that we are all special, each in our own way. Wow, said the little soul, dancing and skipping and laughing and jumping. I can be as special as I want to be. Yes, and you can start right now, said God. What part of special do you want to be? What part of special? I don't understand. Well, said God, there's lots of different ways of being special. It's special to be kind. It's special to be gentle. It's special to be creative. It's special to be patient. Can you think of any other ways of being special? Can you guys think of any other ways of being special? No? No? Any other ways of being special? Yes. Sharing, being generous and sharing is special. Anybody else got away? No, still not. Let's see if the little soul has another way. So the little soul sat quietly for a minute and said, I can think of lots of ways of being special. It's special to be helpful. It's special to be sharing. It's special to be friendly. It's special to be considerate of others. Yes, said God. And in all those ways, when you do that, you're the light. I know what I want to be. I know what I want to be, the little soul said all excited. I want to be that special called forgiving. Okay, said God, that is very special. Yes, that's what I want to be, said the little soul. I want to be forgiving. Good, said God, but there's one thing you should know. The little soul was becoming a bit impatient. Well, what is it? There is no one to forgive. No one, the little soul said hardly believing what she'd heard. No one, God repeated. Everybody that I have made is perfect. There is not a single soul in all of creation that is less perfect than you. Look around you. It was then that the little soul noticed all the other children that had gathered, all the other souls that had gathered around and how they were listening and how special each and every one of them are. Well, who should I forgive then? Boy, this is going to be no fun at all, said the little soul. I wanted to experience myself as the one who forgives and know what that part of special was like. Well, then, just then, a friendly little soul stepped forward and said, I will help you. You will, the little soul brightened, but what can you do? Why, I can give you someone to forgive. You can? Certainly, chirped the friendly soul. I can come into your life and do something for you to forgive. 
But why? Why would you do that? The little soul asked. You are a being of such utter perfection. You who vibrate at the speed of light. You who are so beautiful I can hardly gaze upon you. Why would you do this? Simple, said the friendly soul. I would do it because I love you. The little soul seemed surprised at the answer. Don't be so amazed, said the friendly soul. You've done the same for me. Don't you remember? Oh, we've danced together, you and I, many times, through eons and across all the ages we've danced. Across all time and in many places we've played together. You just don't remember. We have both been, all of it, we have both been up and down and left and right. We have both been in the here and the now of it. We've both been male and female and good and bad. We've both been the victim and the villain. We've come together, you and I, many times, each bringing to the other the exact and perfect opportunity to express and experience who we really are. And so, said the friendly soul, I'll come into your next lifetime, and I'll be the bad one. I will do something really terrible. And then you can experience yourself as the one who forgives. But what will you do, asked the little soul, that will be so terrible? Oh, I don't know. We'll think of something, said the friendly soul. Then the friendly soul turned serious and said in a quiet voice, You are right about one thing, you know. What is that? the little soul asked. I will have to slow down my vibration and become very heavy and dark to do this not-so-nice thing. I will have to pretend that I'm something I'm not. Oh, and I have to ask one favor of you in return. Anything, anything, said the little soul. I'm going to be forgiving. I've got to be forgiving. So what is it? What can I do for you? And the friendly soul said, In the moment that I strike you and smite you and do that very bad thing for you, in that moment that I would do the worst thing that you could possibly imagine, in that very moment, yes, said the little soul. The friendly soul became quieter still. Remember who I am. Oh, I will, cried the soul. I promise I will always remember you as I see you right here, right now. What did you think? Do you have people in your life that have done things that you haven't liked very much? Have you been someone that you did things that you know you shouldn't have done? Yeah, we all do, right? What does this book tell us to remember in those moments? Anybody? Yeah. You sometimes don't do the right thing. Does that change who you are? No. And who are you? You're you. That's right. Is there any other you in the world? No. And you are. What did the little soul learn in the book? What are they? Down deep. Good. We're good. All right, so I want you to do me a favor, right? I want you to close your eyes for a minute, maybe cover them up, right? And I want you to, to imagine with me that we're going to now open our eyes and we're going to see everybody as the good that they are. Are you ready? All right, uncover your eyes. Is everything okay, right? 
So what do we have to do? We have to practice, 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 don't we? Because people continue to show up and forget who they are, and we have to remember the truth, right? Thank you for coming up and reading the book with me. You guys can go back down if you'd like. Thanks for answering your questions. That book is such a a beautiful reminder to all of us, I don't care what age we are, to all of us to remember the truth that we can forget. Anybody here ever forget who we are? And that we're called upon one another to remember the truth that we are. So what does it mean to bless the illusion? That is what our title is for today. I think we have to be really careful with the understanding that life is an illusion. Has everybody heard that before? Life is an illusion, right? Because where we can go with that is that if everything is an illusion, then what's there for me to do? It's all an illusion anyway. I once had a, a friend who is a lifetime Course in Miracles student. And of course, a Course in Miracles, like many spiritual traditions, talk about the illusion of life. And the other thing the Course in Miracles tells us is that we meet that illusion of life with love, with forgiveness. This friend said to me, she had someone that she needed to forgive. And she said to me, well, I know I should forgive this person, but it's all an illusion anyway. And with that created the excuse not to do the spiritual work that we are all called to do, which is to recognize it all for what it is that we are all showing up and playing this game called life from a place of forgetfulness. And so we are called to bless the illusion. Bless means to make holy. We are called to make every illusion holy, to rise it to the level of truth, so that when we are experiencing the illusion of need, we pause and breathe and bless it and make it holy and recognize and remember that in truth, I have all that I need. Why? Let's go back to last week. Because I am one with the divine power and presence of all possibilities. When I am caught up in the illusion of separation and the other, of superiority and self-righteousness, I bless the illusion and stand up and remember the truth. You too are divine. You too are holy. And as I do my work to see you from that place, then together we heal the illusion of what's happening. We don't ignore the illusion. We use the illusion to remind us and bring us back to truth. Are you willing to do that with me this week? All right. So let's take a look at what is our spiritual practice this week. This week. By the way, last week it was to respond to people that we didn't necessarily agree with, with the idea of, I can understand how you might feel that way. How many of you practiced that this week? Oh, yay, a few more hands than typical. So, go you. 
This is important work. This is the work that we have come here to do. Aaron sang about the beauty of using our imagination to find ourselves right here, right now, in heaven on earth. But we have to do the work. So I'm going to invite you one more time into the work this week. As the kids said, we we need to practice, practice, practice. So, when you find yourself with thoughts of what you need in any moment, we're specifically looking at the illusion of need. Stop and remember that you are a creative being. Anybody look out into your life or out into the world and see need? Now recognize you don't ignore the need. You see it right. Right? So how do you do that? You have this opportunity in this moment to use your innate creative ability to support you in fulfilling this need. What you can do in this moment to support you in moving forward, in moving beyond the thought of need to demonstrating your creative ability to fulfill this need. So here is this illusion, this illusion that there is need. We can look at this illusion of need from the place of lack and limitation and fear and worry and doubt and anxiety. Anybody ever do that in the need? This week we're making another choice. We're making the choice to see the need, but then to ask ourselves, who am I and who is this within that need? And we take action based on the place of that oneness, not in fear, but in love, not in lack, but in abundance. We use that illusion and bless it and make it holy. Will you join me in that this week? Okay, here's the thing. It's going to take a little more enthusiasm than that. We are living these illusions. When we walk out this door, that's what we will be bombarded with, right? When you leave this place that reminds you each week of the truth, you've got to have enough enthusiasm to take it out there into the world and to make a difference, to be the light of God that you are. This is how you will bless the illusion. So, will you join me in practicing this this week? That's it. Go out with that enthusiasm, and we will create the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Thank you, and God bless.